0: Welcome to the Watch Okay Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter.
1: Hi Watchers, it's Dan, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Watcher Okay, Please podcast. It's a little surreal that we're already at 69 episodes. Thanks for sticking with us. This week, I pitched a video memoir, Beastie Boys Story, which is available on Apple+. Plus. We get into the differences between biopics and documentaries, other music and music-related analogs and stories, my most epic Halloween costume ever, and other brass monkey hijinks. If this podcast is the best or worst thing you've ever heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, you'll probably get a possibly informative or witty response from one of us, if that's the thing you want. Finally, if you have a show or movie you want us to watch, please leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page at anchor.fm/watchokplease. All right, watchers. Well, now we will tell you to smile. You stick around and make it worth your while with this pitch. <laughs> Howdy, watchers? Stan, I'm back again, and we're continuing on our Apple TV uh, Plus kind of streak here. What well, I'm here to pitch you, BC Boys story. Because this is a story they had to tell about these three bad brothers you know so well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it had to be said. And it does start way back in history, and it's for New World fans, it's a must-see, as they have so- said, basically. And... The reason why I am pitching this to you is because this is actually a great, a really interesting take that comes right out of the memoir they actually wrote. Mike D and Ad Rock wrote as a memoir to the to the band itself, basically in the history of the band. And I, I do love you know, various aspects of music. I was I really loved the uh, Foo Fighters series that was on HBO, for example. And there's a lot of other you know great you know musical music related, you know, documentaries and the like that exist out in the air. And I, I used to love behind the music too, when, you know, back when I, you know, I actually had VH1 on cable for you know at the time. And and I think that this is a really great kind of foray into that. And I think that both of you, I mean, we grew up with a lot of these BC boy songs, you know, as part of us growing up basically. And, you know, and definitely we've heard a lot of them college, Intergalactic, for example, you know, uh, dropped, you know, while we were there as well. And so that we, we kind of grew up with them in, in, in some ways in, in a lot of ways. So that's that's kind of the reason why I kind of wanted to pitch this, because it, it's not just about, you know, these three guys, you know, from New York, if you will, but it's it's I think there's a, a lot more that you learn about their backstory along the way. You learn a lot about their kind of their influences and 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 the people that have, you know, replayed a larger role in the greater aspects of the band, both on tour and before they were, you know, a much, much smaller group and whatnot. So I thought it was, you know. Extremely intriguing to kind of get that. I think it does. It also does a lot of good, you know, kind of memorialization because you have a lot of archival footage of MCA. And I think it was, you know, you a know, really great way to kind of put this out there. So this was originally supposed to come out back during uh, uh, during South by Southwest in 2020. And we all know that that didn't happen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, pandemic. Uh, and so that's when it was supposed to premiere originally. Uh, and they obviously came out thereafter and they dropped you know onto Apple at that point. And this was the, actually the first thing I ever watched on, on Apple TV+, Plus because it, w- it was that anticipating to see it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing, you know, because, you know, we really wanted to kind of, you know, I want to get back into that because I felt this nostalgia, you know, by going back and listening to this and watching this and whatnot. So they have some, you know, other people they bring in. They do a lot of interviews with some of the, you know, people here. But you see or hear some other people on there that you might not expect. So you, see, you might see Bill Hader, Michael K. Williams, Ben Stiller, David Cross, Steve Buscemi as a part of this as well. So this is directed by Spike Jones. So I think you kind of... So who also directed this Mm. video, which is moderately famous. And I loved so much that when when Halloween, when I was up in uh, Cambridge, Boston area, we needed to get costumes going Halloween party hopping. And we didn't know what we were going to do. And we couldn't find anything. And lo and behold, basically we decided to you know we found a bunch of police stuff and like you know and, and you know by accident and then we had the, someone had this random idea of, hey but why don't we why don't we be the bc boys and sabotage video and so boom this is it, the what i thought is like my best halloween costume i've ever done you know is was born in that regard so I, it was a lot of fun so i played the i was the chief so, but it was, uh, I think it was well done. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Friends of the show, you know, Iron Sherv, who, you know, he was Cochise. And then uh, we had, uh, my, uh, our friend, Dr. Dave was, you know, pulling up, pulling up the, the crew there. It was a lot of fun.
0: I remember the picture of that. That was brilliant. You guys did a really good job recreating the the cast of that, that video.
1: Stars so I was kind of aligned in that regard. So, yeah. But yeah, in addition, uh, just, so you, just so you guys know that it was generally pretty well received out there the, across the board here some people basically you know criticized for various different you know things basically but for the, it did get nominated and won a handful of awards out there as well so i mean for me i just relished every moment of it because i i didn't necessarily know that much beyond you know oh yeah they came from new york kind of thing and they moved moved west for a little bit you know i knew basic things and i knew obviously some of their albums you know some would somewhat okay or, or some better than others i would say but that yeah, it was great to kind of hear some of these things and how, you know, all, the, all these things came to pass. And I thought that was really intriguing. And I think, you know, like I said, it, I wouldn't say that this is quintessentially a must watch for either one of you, but I think that, co- can, like I said, collectively speaking, having grown up with this music to an extent and, you know, being from the New York area, you know, kind of goes a certain along the way or being in the New York area goes a long way.
0: So would you say this is for, kind of everybody who's ever listened to the beastie boys or is it really more for tired fans i'm kind of getting the impression maybe it's there's a little something for everybody even like kind of casual fans or
1: maybe even younger kids who don't know the beastie yeah boys. i 100 I percent agree with that statement we're old yeah i get it. I, th- I think everyone will take a little something from it i mean there are people that you know will want to know okay wh- what is the meaning behind this specific you know song or contested lyric or is it or is it about basically you know knowing about the people behind you know the music if you will or if it's about like you know just seeing an interesting story of you know because again you know i mean when mca passed basically i mean there you know it was the band wasn't going to continue obviously at that point so we kind of they had to bookend the band within itself in a lot of ways but i think we did get so much culture and music you know from it and i think that yeah i think there's a lot that everyone can take a little bit something from this in that regard and again if nothing else you get cool story out of it i think and also it helps you fight for your right to party
0: finally i've been waiting for a a, a song reference we're seven minutes in not not a single song reference
1: i mean you you brought up sabotage but i mean come on like i didn't i don't think i have the lyrical genius yet to kind of go full parody here because if i get if i had the lyrical genius i would have done the entire pitch in kind of like these rhyming rap couplet lyrics and that would have been really impressive if i could do that but i i don't have those chops unfortunately I, I could parody something, but I couldn't necessarily write them myself. So,
2: so okay, I, I wouldn't describe myself as a fan of the Beastie Boys. I don't dislike them, but like literally, I know two songs from them. I know "Sabotage." I actually thought it was one, and then you just mentioned the you know the party song, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I know two songs by right. them. I mean, if you had a party back in like 1998 or 2001, whenever that song came out, you couldn't have a party without someone going, you got to fight! <laughs> you know? True. But so I am wondering as somebody who wouldn't describe themselves as a fan of the Beastie Boys, how do you think that might be perceived by someone who is not a fan of the... Of yeah, the
1: I mean, and if you're also not a fan of just, you know, this kind of genre, you you might not gain as much from it. But I like said th- I said I think the way that you know, this is cause this cause Spike because Spike James also helped write it along like G and Ed Rock. And I th- I think that there's it's tremendously human in that regard. And so I think mm-hmm. that I think that like I said, if if even if you are not attached to the music per se, I think that the story that gets told is still kind of compelling, I think. So I think that if nothing else, you get to know some, you know, pseudo pop culture icons basically as along the way so it's no different than watching a doc watching a movie or an interpretation of of historical persona x y or z so if you watch malcolm x or you watch like some other things you're seeing an interpretation of things And, and here this is more on the documentary side as opposed to kind of a historical interpretation but i think there still is a story to be told that that's there And and because they have so much Mm -hmm. good archival footage from over the years, you see stuff that ordinarily you probably would never even see ever. So you get a really good view into everything because there is a lot of well documented points along the way of not just a lot of photos that they kind of they they drape over into and they you know line with music or whatnot, but they also put in some actual video footage they have from various different points from the band's history. So like I said, I think that like Diane was was saying or insinuating that people can drag something from this even if they're not fully attached to the music. Although that's really the hook for a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, I know that song or I know I I grew up listening to these people. But, yeah, I think that there's above all else, this is a story about these guys who came together with a love of their music and what has become as a result of that.
2: Hmm.
0: So it really does sound like a a very much a straightforward biopic. Yeah. In that sense, right? That it tells. Okay, I'm
1: just asking because like
0: other I'm sorry. Go
2: ahead. Well, yeah, is it a biopic or is it like a, a documentary? It's kind of like a
1: video memoir, I guess, is a better way to put it. I guess mm-hmm. so. It's kind of somewhere, kind of bridging that gap between. Like, it's kind of more on the biopic side, I would say. But, but again, they they do they have interviews now with people that were involved in the past and whatnot. So it's kind of like a mixture of of that biopics mixed with a documentary. So like, like I said, it's, again, they took the the memoir. That is of the BC Boys, and they merged, and they put it into this movie. Basically, they made it into this movie, so that's why I call it a video memoir of the BC Boys. Is the best way to describe it, I would say.
0: Gotcha. So that kind of reminds me. I don't know. I guess the the compare. I was trying to think of what other music documentaries or biops that would kind of be similar. And the one that comes to mind, and it might not. It's not a, a good analog. I don't think is the movie Dig. I don't know if you guys remember that one. It was basically a documentary that followed the documentarian followed around the Brian Jonestown massacre and the dandy Warhols. Oh, and, and, and filed their rivalry back and forth. And there was kind of a story in in that it wasn't like a straight, I mean, you learned about each band, but then you watched them, you know, kind of fight and snipe at each other the whole time. while one got more commercial success and the other one kind of didn't, but still was writing interesting music and dealing with mental illness.
1: Yeah. But. That's that's I mean that sounds like it's pretty pretty kind of similar in nature because this is more looking back. That's why on what already transpired bridges the gap because it's documentary. Is that they have actual video collection from, from the points in time, but then like at the same time it's still looking back on what already transpired. So that's why it's like it's it's kind of a, a melding of everything. And that that's why video memoir seems to be a good term in my mind.
0: So. And you wouldn't classify it as a a concert film slash memoir per se because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of stuff like. The white stripes doing under great white northern lights, mm. which I I thought was an awesome sort of mix of a right. documentary and concert mm-hmm. concert film. Yeah, and then I guess people always cite. I think it is really good. The last waltz, Scorsese's right. a movie with the band where it's it's a concert, but they're also doing all that backstage footage right. and talking about the band and stuff. Yeah, I
1: mean, there, there is a little. There is a little. I guess the last waltz might be an interesting kind of comparison. These you show clips? From various different concerts and, and public appearances, so to speak. So there's a little bit of that kind of interplayed in there, but it, it it's not the guideposts of what's happening in the concert all along the way, basically. Like, it, it's not like you're, you're seeing bits of the concert here and there as it goes through. So, but I think that's an interesting analog to talk about. But yeah.
2: I don't know, man. I, I don't know if you're selling me on this. I usually avoid like all of those movies you just described, Naya. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not like into, uh, <laughs> Like, I barely am okay with, like, some of the, you know, those, like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is probably one of the more watchable ones of those movies. Like, the ones that are actual...
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Rocket Man, and you mean, you know...
2: Yeah, Rocket Man, which wasn't bad. But the ones that are, like, straight-up documentary-style footage, like, I usually avoid those totally. I, I have, like, no personal interest in those, so... This will be interesting to see what my perspective is. Is
1: it because of the music itself? Or is it because you have no interest in knowing about the artists behind the music?
2: A little of both. Like, I'm not, I like music, but I'm not like a huge music guy. And like the thought of like watching like a group of musicians hanging around and shooting the shit with one another. I'm like, eh, you know.
1: There's a lot of, like I said, there's the documentary part of it. Kind of goes into talking about how decisions were made, basically based on changes in approach, producing sound. So there, again, there are there are again, there are some things that are just you know, not all the archival clips are them just sitting around and shooting shooting the, you know that, with each other per se. There's other aspects that they kind of draw, they go into basically. So I think that you know I'm hoping that the human part of all this that weaves this all together, I'm hoping will provide at least some shred of entertainment for you basically.
2: I will totally go in with an open mind, but I probably won't like it. Okay, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I think that you know this will definitely be
1: a lot different than, say, *Experience* and say *Penny Dreadful* or *Next*. I'll see. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know because I'm sort of a I'm a
0: very casual Beastie Boys fan. I didn't get as deep into them. Inter- like I've never bought an album, mm. uh, downloaded random songs, but. I mean, I appreciate them who, for who they are and, and what they have and their importance in the history of hip hop mm-hmm. uh, because they are they are foundational. Right. So but I guess I just I never fell in love with the mythos. Like when they showed up in college, didn't they show up to when the Dalai Lama showed right. up? Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um,
2: I which, did they perform or did they just, just show up? They just
1: showed up. Yeah. They were
0: I like the Dalai Lama's like,
1: entourage.
2: I didn't go to the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I didn't go like I just had no interest in any yeah. of that. I was like, yeah, who cares?
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Even though that they they came, I did not go to the Dalai Lama either, just because like you know again I didn't necessarily have those inklings of again. There were also things. There's a lot of things we didn't do. Like I didn't put on the bathrobe and join the surrealists, for example. You know, I it, it, so there are things that that happened in college that you know that I didn't necessarily jump onto. I think that the three of us obviously had different interests while we were there, you know. I think all three of us obviously were clearly involved in theater pretty heavily in that regard. But beyond that, you know, and obviously academics when we felt like it basically.
2: (laughs) Speaking of theater, one of them I believe has a connection to theater. Adam Horowitz, who I believe is a band member of the Beauty Boys, his father is a moderately or was, I believe he passed away a couple years ago, moderately successful playwright named Israel Horowitz. Hmm. founded the Gloucester Theater Mm -hmm.
1: Company. I didn't know he was related to Israel Horowitz. That's wild. That is wild, isn't it? Yeah. Horowitz had actually a very interesting kind of history as well. He basically has been seen with or has dated a lot of interesting people out there. I think he, he dated Molly Ringwald for a while. And he was actually married, I think, to Ioni Sky at one point. And like he was, he's been involved with a bunch of random people, I think. But yeah, those are the two who I remember off the top of my head.
2: And those two names totally date. Like, what era we're talking about here? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Though Ioni Sky did make a weird—I—I I,
0: I can't even call it a comeback. Yeah, but she I showed can. up in a Lena Dunham series, Camping. I don't know if that was that was a, it was on HBO. I think David Tanner might have been it. in it. I heard about it. I yeah. haven't mm-hmm. seen it. It wasn't bad. It was okay. Yeah. Mm. but it was the first time I'd seen Ioni Sky in years. And I think that was the biggest draw. Yeah. I was like, what have you been doing? (laughs) What
1: have you done for me lately? Camping apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like genre wise, you know, I mean, we, we talked before about, you know, trying to, you know, change things up a little bit and move a little genre, you know, hopping here. And I think this was something I felt was a little bit, out of our collective comfort zones for the most part. And that was also kind of a a sub kind of uh, idea in my head, basically. So I I think that even if like you don't have an attachment to the music, I think, like I said, there's still kind of a compelling nature of quality to it. But I think I gained a lot out of it just because, like I said, I, I think I felt like very... I identify with them obviously to a certain extent you know and the fact that we had some people of of the faith so to speak in the group was really neat too and plus you know i think what also kind of had my mindset here is that one of my local breweries here in, in manhattan is torch and crown and torch and crown actually have their three fermenters right in the center of the floor as soon as you walk in are the bc boys so you have you have you, you, oh, you have mike awesome. d mca mca and ad rock when you walk in, you only have appreciators of the music itself in the area still. Even we're talking, you know, 10 years post at end of the band, if you will. Pretty neat. I think it's, it's like you said, a piece of hip hop history in that regard. And I think to quote Integral Active, you stick around, I'll make it worth your while. <laughs> Looking forward to it.
2: Dan, I will be honest. I respect the fact you're trying to branch away from the sci-fi and anime. You know, you did this, you did The Courier. That's my broken record, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait to give this a try.
0: Well, that happened, folks, which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK, Please podcast. We hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today and hope you join us next week for another exercise in utility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just tell a friend about us. Until next week, keep on watching.